This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie, removed from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting for the real thing to start. Hello, and welcome to The Real Thing. I am your host, Joe Lawrence, and here we are with a very special episode of The Real Thing. First, this podcast is an extension of Bergen Film Club, which is an independent cinema in Bergen, Norway. The film club's main goals are to give a voice to those who deserve it and give insight into unknown cultures and, most importantly, show amazing, cool films. Uh, On this podcast, I usually talk about the films included in the film club's program, Past, Present and Future, but today we have a special episode for you listeners, especially those living in Bergen, but also globally, whatever, you can also come. Today we are talking about the Arabisk Film Fest, uh, Arabic film festival which is going to be hosted in Bergen from the 20th to the 23rd of April, 2023. So I sat down with the director, the festival director of the uh, Ravisconfest, Phoebe Doby, um, and her and I spoke all about how exciting this festival is, and she gave us an insight into how it was planned and sort of the ethos of the festival, which was really cool. But I'm going to start by telling you a couple things about this festival and then we can jump straight into the great talk that I had with Phoebe. So the Arabisk Film Fest is an annual festival held in Bergen that showcases internationally recognized and award-winning films from and around the Arab region. It aims to highlight diverse classic and mainstream films, films that contribute to a more inclusive and representative film culture. Through various genres such as drama, comedy, thriller and documentary, The festival provides a unique insight into a culture and a world that Western audiences often only see through the news or a specific lens. In addition to these films, the festival offers panel discussions, spaces to discuss film and opportunities to savour Arabic music and food, and a range of experiences meant to engage and inspire attendees and create a sense of community and inclusion. It is this really cool... um, multifaceted, multi-art festival, so it's uh, very cool. The Arab Film Festival builds bridges across culture and aims to provide insight into Arab homelands and lifestyles with an opportunity to stay connected to the cultural scene of their home countries and our home countries. Um, This festival is organized in collaboration with Cinemateca in Bergen and Bergen Film Club. but yeah, it was really cool, and I uh, will leave links to so you can check out the website, which is arabeskfilmfest.no. Um, but here we have Phoebe Doby, the director, talking all about this exciting festival. And yeah, it was great to learn more about this uh, festival. I haven't personally attended it yet because I wasn't living in Bergen uh, previously, but 
I'm very excited to go and I hope that anyone listening who is in going to be in Bergen on between the 20th and the 23rd of April will go and check it out. Um, but yeah, here is the interview with Phoebe. Hello, Phoebe. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us on the Thank podcast. You for me. Yeah, very excited to talk all about this uh, film festival. Yes. Um, hopefully, I hyped it up well before this actual interview. So, yeah, I was just uh, hoping if you could tell me a little bit about this festival for those who might not have heard about it. So, Arab Film Fest is actually this year is our fifth year. Uh, it's a film festival focusing on exclusively Arab films. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Arab context is a little bit of a broad spectrum. Um, we've decided to keep the word Arab Film Fest because it encompasses most of the films that we have. Um, and yeah, it's a film festival. It also has music. It has uh, masterclasses and focuses largely on uh, the very, very vast and good uh, films that we have around the world that are primarily from Arab countries. Yeah. So... Why specifically Arab Film Fest then? Well, we do have a quite a large Arab community in Bergen. Mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to representation on the screen, uh, there's not, we only have really one cinema in Bergen city centre. Uh, and they don't really screen a lot of Arab films. Yeah. Um, we do have a big international film festival. They do have quite a few, but being able to focus on one region, uh, I think is quite important. Um, this year we also have a board that primarily speaks Arabic. Uh, they're also from Arabic speaking countries. And having representation and being able to show the vast majority of the films that they have and the complexity and the beauty and the humor and the terror and everything in between, I think mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah, definitely. Sort of uh, broadening people's horizons and- Yes, definitely. Showing that people live there too and have experiences and and yes. that there's such a large cinema industry there as well, which there I think is. is overlooked. And it's also quite old. Yeah. Um, and that's what's really, we're screening one of our films as a retrospective from Egypt in the 70s, oh, which okay. was kind of the golden era. Mm. And being able to have, showcase those kind of films that I hadn't heard about that are like anchored in generations uh, of um, quote unquote Arabs in Bergen or in the world is really cool and that the nostalgia that comes with seeing like the old films on screen yeah um i think that's really important to be able to show that it's not just what we see in the news yeah because it's like a two second or two minute mm -hmm. clip of what's going on in some country and you don't get the complexities of what yeah. happens and you yeah you get to see the range of emotions that happen throughout people's lives which is really important yeah i think that's a really wonderful thing about the film festival or kind of uh film clubs in Bergen, for example, is that you get exposed to these cultures that you know nothing about. And it's a, a really special and lovely opportunity, I think. Yeah. So very cool. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and before we get into the uh, sort of the program and everything, I was wondering, could you tell a little bit about your role as the uh, director of oh, the film festival? Yes. Yeah. Well, as director of a very small film festival, mm -hmm. uh, you do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but I get to be kind of in charge of steering the votes. We do have a very good board, very competent board, um, but we do have a lot of ambition and ideas. And I think most of my biggest role is to make sure that we can do everything that we've set our mind to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in larger festivals, you have less of a, what they call a Norwegian potato role, where you do everything. 
Okay. Um, but <laughs> I get to do mostly. I don't think there's anything that I haven't done in the past year, which is yeah. very exciting. You get to learn a lot of new things, uh-huh, which is yeah. cool. Good for the CV. Yes, it is definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then let's get into the program. Let's talk about the the thing that we're all wanting to know about the festival. There's yeah. the films. So, which films are you most excited to show in the festival? Uh, it's a little bit f- difficult to say, but I think yeah, choosing your favorite ones, baby. Yes, yeah. and favorite is difficult as well. But one of the films that I'm quite excited about, mainly because we're also be- very lucky to get the director, mm-hmm. is Farha. Um, it is a film that is currently shown on Netflix, but not in Norway as of now. It okay. might be. Um, there was a huge controversy when Netflix chose to screen it. And Ooh. the Israeli government uh, put quite a lot of pressure on Netflix and basically said, if you screen it, we won't allow Netflix in Israel. Wow. Um, there hasn't been a lot of talk about the film internationally, definitely not in Northern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a film that definitely needs to be seen on a big screen. It's about the Nakba in 47, 46, uh, if I'm not very mistaken. And it's a story that isn't told as often. Uh, and is told from a uh, young girl's perspective. Yeah, okay. And it's also based on two true story, which is quite mm. impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's one of the the films that made possibly the biggest impact on me. Uh, it's oh, yeah, beautifully okay. shot. It's uh-huh. very very well acted. Um, and to be able to get the director to come to our yeah, tiny festival is very fun. Mm, yeah. Um, any other films? Uh, maybe uh, one that you're excited for the audience to see uh maybe weirdly enough all road leads all roads lead to rome um mm-hmm. it's not a typical festival film and that's kind of why we picked it oh yeah um because i think especially when you're dealing quite heavy subjects you can very often have documentaries that are very heavy and like after seeing three documentaries you kind of want to go home and cry yeah. and having like a <laughs> film that's just funny and entertaining um, yeah uh, it's a story about an actor who gets the role as the pope uh, yeah. and he goes to a monastery to try and do some research okay and then many things happen Hilarity <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> very much so yeah uh, it's a fun film mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's very important to have the balance of the very serious stuff and then the just pure fun on film definitely i think that's a really special thing to include in a program when you're trying to represent these countries for example is like by including something like that then it feels to me that you're like really fleshing out the how the cinema industry is there and what people are like there as well because just like you were saying in the in the news you get like very uh kind of like a one-sided view of what it's like there so i think that's really special to include something like that definitely mm. and the fact that it shows that there are christians in a lot of arab countries mm. they're not predominant they are predominantly the muslim but there are a lot of other faiths involved yeah. as well and you saw yeah like you said yeah. the spectrum yeah that's an interest i didn't know that so yeah. there you go. i've already learned something <laughs> Um, yeah, so you mentioned uh, this director of Faha is uh, mm-hmm. visiting, but uh, what other directors do you have uh, coming if you want to hype them up? So we're also very lucky this year to have Dalia Al-Khoury. She's mm-hmm. doing a masterclass and she also has one long film and one short film screening at the festival. Yeah. She's based in Norway. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that we very much want to do with the festival is bring out the talents that we have in Norway. Um, yeah. We also, hopefully, if we're able to get everything to work out, have Karag, who is the director of Baghdad on Fire. 
Baghdad on fire. Baghdad on fire. Okay. <laughs> I like winter on fire. But yeah. Baghdad on fire. Yeah. Um, he's also based in Oslo. And um, being able to bring directors that already live in Norway that mm-hmm. are producing amazing content uh, is really important and to amplify their voices. Um, so yeah, she's... Uh, Dahlia is coming, holding a masterclass. She does d- documentary and fiction, mm-hmm. but she also mixes in fiction elements in her documentaries of like future tellings of how Palestine might be in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think there's an interesting way of like documentaries aren't, they are the truth, but they're not journalism. And yeah. being able to play around with the form, That's the really hybrid cool. form of it is. It's really cool to be able to create something that you wouldn't be able to create mm-hmm. out of archive material. Or, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. So what is the subject of her masterclass that she's giving? So it's Imagining Futures. Oh. Um, and that's uh, Imagining Futures through documentary and fiction, um, mm-hmm. which she's actually re- writing her doctor degree on right now. Oh. Um, so it'll be quite interesting to see how she's... Uh, doing this in her own work but also mm-hmm. how she can teach people to do that in their work if they want to yeah. do documentary filmmaking or want to broaden their perspectives mm-hmm. it's always nice very cool yeah uh you briefly mentioned just before about the the board being largely arabic speaking um yeah tell me about forming this board and uh how important it was to have these different voices represented well we, I took over in December of 2021, mm-hmm. um, and the board would largely kind of out of the picture. Um, and I wanted uh, to create a new board that more represent the countries that we were screening films from. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't speak Arabic. Okay. I can speak a little bit, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And being able to get the complexities of what's being said on screen being able to see if th- things are translated incorrectly, yeah. um, whether the language doesn't actually reflect what's being said. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I could do. Um, and having people in the board that have that knowledge of the language, but not just the knowledge of the language, but also the culture. Mm. And having someone, for example, from Syria on the board when we're screening a Syrian film, being able to give context to what the film is about and saying this is actually not a film we should be screening because yeah. of x y and z mm-hmm. which is knowledge that i wouldn't have yeah so it's really cool to be able to have these very complex discussions and finding a film where we see okay this is a film that we very much want to screen but we need to contextualize it we mm-hmm. can't screen it on its own because it's it's too much in a way yeah um so yeah it's been really really fun and rewarding and exciting to have basically to just listen to the discussions as well um because it's an area where i do not have the knowledge Um, definitely and we have people with loads of different backgrounds from different countries that have different insights uh and some of the discussions are really really good Mm. um and it makes it more fun to have a yeah you you feel like you have this little window into this world mm-hmm. and you get all of this knowledge and passion from these people that have have all of this yeah um and it makes it really fun and they have like ideas that i never would have come up with yeah okay <laughs> um, which is it really is uh we created um the ramadan calendar yeah uh for arab film fest uh which is said arab film fest on the app and then it had the prayer times in it. And we can use that to like distribute oh, around yeah. to make people aware of the festival. I would never have thought of that. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, 
it's really cool. Um, we have some very creative people in the board and it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful that you can get the the voices of those who are in the films and stuff and get this uh, perspective of what is good or not good to show. And yes. Yeah, brilliant. And also not just that, one of the funny things is, is when you have people from, let's say, Jordan playing someone from Egypt, yeah. and the people will be like, well, they have a Jordanian accent. Mm. I can hear that they're not Egyptian. So that yeah. kind of takes you out of the film. And I would never be able to yeah, pick up wow. on that. So it's all these like nuances that are really So cool, cool. yeah. Um, okay, not this might be a like a super testing your knowledge, so I'll try and be chill. I can cut it out if need be. Yeah. Um, what are the Arabic countries? <laughs> well, this is the thing. Mm. How do you find Arab? We had a huge discussion on that. Yeah. Um, and because it's also an identity thing, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of Arabic-speaking countries in the north of Africa. But if you ask people in the countries, they might say they're African and not Arab. Mm. So it, it is, that's kind of like the interesting thing about the festival's name is the term Arab or Arabic is kind of difficult to define. Interesting. And also like in the countries that are predominantly Arab people, you also have minorities. Um, so you'll have Kurdish people, you'll have loads of different people that are usually also oppressed so when you're using the name arab mm-hmm. and you're showing a kurdish film you can see it as a context of us putting the umbrella of arab over yeah uh, kurdish and saying that it's a part of arab identity which it's not okay so that's kind of something that we've been working with and very conscious in the films that we're choosing because we don't want to be forcing kind of this colonial thinking of mm. the way in which what is arab yeah but we also want to like lift up the minority voices so what we're hoping to do in the future is create like small sections where we're taking minority groups within arab countries yeah and then putting them in a context of like these are their own identities yeah but they're also seen in arab countries so it's a yeah yeah trying to demystify the identity I yes guess. yeah we've had a it's been difficult to figure out like what is arab because mm-hmm. we could probably have a discussion of several <laughs> days to figure that out yeah okay but yeah yeah of course cool. um and just uh what are you saying about sort of categorizing films and that sounds like a good idea to yes. uh sort of show these uh minority films and stuff a minority within a minority mm. um but this year you have, uh, so all the films are within categories, obviously mm-hmm. defined by genre or whatever. But uh, this year you have three new um, film categories um, that you're showing in the festival. And I was hoping that you could tell me a little bit about each one and maybe why you thought these certain um, genres or themes needed to be explored. So we can start with uh, short film. So short film, that's, we went a little back and forward on that because it is... It is a little bit expensive to show short films because mm-hmm. it's the same amount of work and it's a little bit cheaper than buying a bigger film. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of our board members, Janine, put forward a very good argument that the funding to make long films is quite difficult to get a hold of. So if you're starting out as a filmmaker, the first thing that you could usually make is a short film. Yeah. So being able to show short films is hopefully helping elevate voices that might become very large in the future um, Mm. and voices that we've not really heard of. Um, A couple of the films that we have in our short film program 
um, are quite well known, some of them are not. And I think being able to have this short section, we have documentaries and fiction in short. Uh, it's also a format that's quite interesting as well. You get to explore a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like that short films should be short. Yes. It shouldn't be particularly long mm-hmm. <laughs> because then you can make a long film. Yeah. But having that opportunity to show a different variety of what mm-hmm. exists um, is really important. Um, so that's kind of why we stuck with we need, we need a short section. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I think we've got some really good films in this one. Yeah. I like short film because I think it sort of forces the, the filmmaker to sort of strip back the narrative. Yes. And in that way, you get the kind of context and the themes right at the forefront as well. So I think that's a really wonderful opportunity to like really put across these uh, sort of like the marginalized groups or something. Yes. You can really get the image of that quite quickly in a short film, which is yeah, nice. Um, okay. And next you have Occupation. Yes. Tell me about that uh, group. So this has very much been my kind of put forward um, because I've worked with a couple of filmmakers in Western Sahara, which, mm-hmm. which is occupied by Morocco, um, and both in the refugee camps in Algeria and in occupied Western Sahara. Um, and these are voices that most people will not be hearing at all. We also have a couple of... We have one film from Palestine, so we thought, what? Yeah. how interesting wouldn't it be to have the theme of it being occupation and what comes of filmmakers that makes films under occupation Mm -hmm. because you have like you have this very intense surrounding around you and what do you produce and being able to create this little and this is something that we hope to be continuing with with a broader selection Mm -hmm. um but being able to showcase people that wouldn't necessarily get showcased Mm -hmm. uh, from areas where you don't have the best equipment you don't have the best actors you don't have the best uh of anything but you are trying to make something and i think that's very valuable and being able to elevate that where like you can say to them we're screening it in norway at a film festival people are coming to see your film that have Mm. never heard of you possibly never heard of the conflict yeah and get an insight into it um that's really cool and i love that we're going to be able to do that this year yeah that's very special yeah. and we're hoping maybe next year we might have enough money to be able to get them to come and talk about their films here wow yeah because that would be really powerful definitely uh, yeah yeah i think that's such like an amazing testament to human spirit to still yes. be striving to make some sort of art form even in such like a horrible situation i think you always are like you it kind of forces you to figure out how to process your own feelings and emotions and grief and understanding and if you can use that in an art form that's great yeah um and i think that makes things more interesting and yeah it's i think there's something very special about people who create art under oppression mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah we screened um last semester bfk screened uh, the the battle of algiers mm-hmm. and uh that was a conflict that i knew nothing about yeah. actually obviously uh unfortunately being english i don't tend to learn about stuff that England is not involved in. Yes, this is very true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then that, that makes me excited to see those films because mm. I want to learn about what's what's happening and the voices that are being suppressed but are still striving to make art, which is yes. very cool. And lastly, of uh, these, these new categories, you have retrospective. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important to be able to screen uh, films that have a nostalgia connected mm-hmm. to them. Um, my, I have a... Uh, love for old people 
Um, okay. And I want old people to come to the cinema and kind of recreate when they went dating the first time, possibly, or when they were first married, going to see a film. The, the experience of like going somewhere to see this drama or yeah. comedy unfold in front of you, surrounded by other people, I think is really important. Um, and being able to showcase the rich history that exists within filmmaking in the Arab country or the Arab countries, yeah. the Arab world. Um, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so it's the retrospectives was a category that we're hoping to expand on. It's just a little bit difficult to find the people that have the rights. Sure. Um, and I think we might have to start quite a lot earlier next time. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of them don't have rights anymore. Um, yeah. And you try to contact production companies that have gone out of business 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit of a like a unique treasure challenge. Hunt. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> Something that I'd never really thought of when we started. They're like, uh-huh. yes, we're going to sc- screen the older films. Mm-hmm. But it just became really difficult to find the rights. Um, so we found some of them that we have the rights for. Uh, yeah, then, awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah. creating the, the history or recreating the history so people the new people also can see them Mm -hmm. and get a relationship to them so definitely it's a great way to sort of uh map out the history of of uh, arab cinema you'd mentioned that it's been around for a very long time so it's very cool to sort of include that yeah in the the program definitely but i must say it sounds like a wonderful festival i uh, think so definitely yeah it sounds like uh, everyone's been working very hard yes yeah we definitely have Mm -hmm. it's uh it's been a lot of work uh it's been a lot of meetings Mm -hmm. um but it's been fun it's been it's been nice to be able to be with people that are thinking creatively and want to push boundaries and have loads of ideas and then we have to try and figure out what can we actually do within four days Um, (laughs) which i think we're we've landed on a pretty okay screening schedule in films so Yeah. yeah So how long has this festival existed in Bergen? Because I'm aware that it's existed in like Oslo and Berlin and other countries for some time. Not this specific festival, but the theme. The theme, it depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. So the first year uh, was 2017. Yeah. But that was when the people who started it here, it was kind of a sister festival of Arab film days. Yeah. So they kind of, they got the same program. They just did it here in Bergen. And I think the first official festival where it was called Arabisk Fitfest was 2018. Okay. So that would be five years, if my maths is correct. Yes, that is yes. correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool. So I hope we can uh, expand on that. that yes, nice. keep striving in the future and yes. bigger and better every year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you feel like we haven't touched on that you want to... Well, maybe the opening party. We yeah, have an opening screening, uh, Doors of Abu Rahman. Uh, and then we have our opening party, which is Albii, um, by a collective from Lebanon con- called Vegan Sushi for Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have DJ Savannah afterwards playing music. Um, and I think it's cool and good for us to be able to be not just a film festival only focusing on the films, mm-hmm. but being able to draw inspiration from other areas so the yeah. opening festival party with uh an art multimedia art installation about a sex positive singer from the 70s in lebanon wow um so they've used a lot of her music so you can kind of just experience it as a party and dance if that's what you want to do <laughs> or you can kind of like dig deeper into mm-hmm. like learning about her lyrics and where she came from 
and how she performed uh, and her history, which I think is really interesting. I think uh, being able to combine that with the films that we have as well mm-hmm. um, makes for more of a dynamic festival. So it's Definitely, not just yeah. on the screen in the dark, but you can actually interact with people as well. Yeah, that's great. I, lo- I love the idea of it being multimedia. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then I will say thank you very much for coming thank onto the podcast. Thank you for talking to me about this. So, yes, thank you very much, Phoebe, for joining on the podcast and telling us all about this exciting festival. I really hope that people feel inspired to go because it sounds like it's going to be a really amazing opportunity to get an insight into these into these cultures where I personally don't really know so much about and even just from that interview alone I learned a lot so I think it's going to be very cool and they have a really great program it's such a great mix of different films and as she said there's so many different opportunities to learn about these cultures not necessarily through the films but as she mentioned there's going to be workshops and more kind of like collaborative art experiences so definitely check out on the website they have a whole uh you know, a list of things happening and schedule. That's the word I'm looking for. Great schedule. And yeah, additionally, if you still have time and you want to give more, you can register to be a volunteer um, also on their website. So definitely go do that if it's something that you want to be a part of. But that's that. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. It's been it's been fun to uh to promote the film festival i hope that people will want to go next week on the podcast we are joined by another bfk board member uh anna and we're going to talk all about the film gates of heaven which is a very interesting cool documentary we're going to be talking about some dead pets so definitely look forward to that but i've been joe lawrence this has been the real thing thank you for listening goodbye This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pierre Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joe Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilkreibern and Mamina Nazmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFK The Real Thing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.